podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. This is The Whistleblowers and I'm Martin Gritton off the bench as your host once again. Even by Premier League standards, you could say we were back with a bang or more a kick after a relatively timid international break. Um, around the leagues in the Premier League, it was bore off at Palace, Haufen out at Bournemouth and a headache for Klopp as well as Edison at the Etihad. To discuss these plus the rest of the action is Mac Ladd and former football and football writer for ESPN FC, John Bruin. I'm still a football writer. Yeah, sorry, I did former there. I don't know why. <laughs> I, 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 I've, I've been in the game so long that I've actually seen you play, reported on you playing. So Former footballer Martin Gritton. Yes. Speaking to <laughs> Mac Ladd, John Bruin. Yes, that's how it works. That sounds yeah. a bit better. Yeah. Um, a comedian, uh, host of Soccer AM and Grimsby stalwart fan Lloyd Griffith. Again, I've watched you play um, for Lovely. Grimsby. Didn't report about it, but... Uh, there was not much to report, mate. I wrote, I wrote it in my diary that night. <laughs> <laughs> he scored once again. Torquay and Macclesfield, I've seen him. Thanks, oh. guys. And, uh, and fellow sports writer for uh, the 442 Times, Bleacher Report, amongst many others, uh, Sam Pilger, who has written books about Manchester United, who will be discussing in slightly more detail in a bit. Sam? Good evening. I, I feel left out here. I've never seen you play. And, and you know, what? maybe we can organise a five-a-side and we can, you know... Mm. I think, yeah, I think, I think Correct, we'll, we'll leave that. I'll come back to what I said for John. Uh, yeah, the former player, Martin Gritton. That's how I should uh, introduce myself and I will stick to from now on. Um, uh, so just uh, to say the Whistleblowers is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Um, if you bet £5, you get £20 back. If you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another 20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.thewhistleblowers.net and uh, you can follow us on social at, at the football podcast. Okay, so just coming back to there, we were touching on the, the Premier League. It seems like a lot has happened uh, since Friday, and well, and since Saturday, since um, uh, it was a case of bore off at Palace. Um, we were talking about this earlier, John, in terms of um, going down with, with, with how the announcement's gone down. Uh, how, how, how have you kind of uh, looked at the, the whole situation? Well, I, I think... Um this, there appeared little doubt that De Boer was not the right man for Crystal Palace. Um, and a quick decision was taken. Uh, you've got to feel sorry for him. Um, but there are several factors that contributed to that not working out. One of them includes him, of course. Uh, there's somebody that just couldn't manage to turn it around outside of the cocoon of Ajax Amsterdam. Similar yeah. happened to him at Inter, slightly different circumstances. You have to question the decision-making of the people that run Crystal Palace. Steve Parrish is the public face of that. And, well, I uh, noticed just on social when you posted uh, this was Steve Parrish at the, at the family wedding or whatever he was at that looked like he was singing. Yeah, what, he was, what he was, was doing, doing Rapper's Delight. <laughs> Rapper, Rapper's Delight two, <laughs> two days before, you know, presumably at the same time he was in negotiations <laughs> with uh, Frank de Boer. So, you know, you, you're in a position where... It's not worked out for them. They've made a quick decision and yet they've turned, as football clubs always do and actually international teams always do, to the absolute opposite yeah. and have turned to Mr. Stability, Roy Hodgson. Though is he Mr. Stable because, as we see through history, people that follow up England jobs often suffer a pretty tough time. Yeah. Well, Sam, you're a man from South London. Uh, well, so the... the Virtually a local team needs to go along and watch, and, and you're going on. I have, I've, I've seen Palace twice this year. The, the two home games uh, against Huddersfield and Swansea. 
they've actually, from from what I can see, have been a lot better at away games. Um, they nearly won at Liverpool. There was a cutback for Benteke and he blazed over. They could have won that. And they were by far the better team against Burnley. And I do feel sorry for Frank de Boer. I mean, you see, you know, Scott Dan missing a header. That was a, a shocker. I know. I mean, I managed my son's under-13 team. And you say when you header the ball, get your neck through it. Just yeah. neck, Don't try and the fancy little glances. Just get your neck through it. Scott Dan's and got Scott, a neck on him as well. I know. And he, he tried this <laughs> glance right in front of the goal and, yeah. and missed. If he put his neck through it, he scored. Um, and they had lots of other chances too. And that, you know, that's not Frank de Boer's no. fault. And I think four games, you know, I know there were pre-season games too, but only four proper games. You know, if he was the right man, you know, before they started the season against Huddersfield, that's quite a fall. And, you know, I know they haven't scored, but they haven't been thrashed. You know, they haven't been humiliated. Two of the games were 1-0. I, I, you know, you can say it's brave because you think, Jesus, we've made a huge error here. Let's Mm. just correct it. Let's get on top of it. It's quite brave in a way. But... I think, again, as all these decisions, it's the fixture list. There's yeah. Southampton at home, and then there's United and City away, Chelsea at home. It's almost like this is going to get a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Let's get on top of it. Um, I, I, uh, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, people are dismissive of winning four league titles in, uh, in, in, in the Netherlands, yeah. but... It's still an, you know, it's still an achievement, and I think he obviously came yeah. with some caliber, and he should have been given a bit longer. Well, this is it. I mean, we've seen it happen um, in the Premier League with uh, regularity, but also in the lower leagues. Lloyd, as, as a Grimsby fan, seen some very short tenures as manager, but also, I mean, you can, how can you possibly get across your ethos? And you, you know, there has to be a decision above them to say this guy can't be sacked in front of 10 games you've yeah. got to give him at least that amount of time and, and he has to almost be immune of that I think even like, just going back I, th- I was actually I think like a lot of people were very surprised by the appointment of De Boer at Crystal Palace yeah um, it just if he did come to the Premier League you almost expected it and this is no disrespect to Palace to be a team that had a bit more about him who wasn't you know they've been in a relegation scrap last season and you kind of would have assumed him to be in a team as you say the leagues that he'd won in, yeah. in the Netherlands again that's no no mean feat but you expected him to go into a team that had a bit more about them as opposed to you know he has taken over a Sam Allardyce relegation battling um, team they haven't brought in that many people over the, the transfer period and so I think it was Palace's fault to not appoint him I think you know if you're going to appoint him that's absolutely fine but don't say this is we've appointed Frank de Boer for a long term job to turn around Crystal Palace's fortunes and then sack him after four games when he'd probably, you know, what if he wins his next 10? I mean, yeah. we don't know that. We absolutely, we've got no idea if he would win his next 10. But to, to appoint him, and in the statement saying it's a long-term appointment, this is going to turn Crystal Palace's yeah, fortunes around. Cool. And then get rid of him after the, culture know, of the, the, the amount club. of games he has. Yeah. I think it's, it is a little bit insane. But you have to adhere to what's going on. And there's been stories coming out this week that the players weren't happy with him. Um, as well as the you know the performances on the pitch, off the pitch and management, um, there's, there's stories about that, and that happened last season at Grimsby, and obviously this I think is the only time the analogy will be drawn between Frank de Boer sacking <laughs> and what happened at Grimsby last season. Uh, but Marcus Bignam was in charge at Grimsby, yeah. and there were stories about you know we, we weren't playing the most sexiest of football, and we had a manager called Paul Hurst beforehand who had uh, done us a decent job and got us into the Football League he bogs off to Shrewsbury and then apparently there was discourse off the field when Big Knot comes in and that's the decision was made 
Yeah, you day sometimes it's a result. It'd been yeah. told apparently that uh, I think two days for Blackpool, regardless of what happens on Saturday, you're off. I'm afraid. Sometimes it can happen behind closed doors. Yeah. with decisions, John. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think there's two things here. I mean, you've got the. It, you mentioned the transfer business. That looked to me like they were pulling the rug from him. They weren't spending the money that he wanted. No. I think is what's the guy called? Gyro Riderwald. Riderwald yeah. from Ajax. Ajax. Yeah. I mean, he had a bad debut against mm. Huddersfield. You'd have seen. But beyond that, uh, the only other player they signed permanently was Sacco, mm. who it yeah. said De Bode didn't want. The other story that, that, that's come out is that the players didn't like the fact that he played in training. <laughs> and was involved. actually better than them. Yeah. I think Loudrup at Swansea. Uh, well, yeah, Loudrup at Swansea, well, wasn't I know, he? I know you've had this in your... your, your yeah, Diddy Haman stepped in, but that wasn't very difficult at Russell the time. Russell Slade is better than you at Grimsby. You played with John Sheridan, you know. John Sheridan, yeah. yeah. Alexander. I mean, they've all been better than you, to be fair, aren't they? Well, listen, <laughs> it's not about me. So, sorry. But, but yeah, but, but that's... I mean, there was, there's memories there of Glenn Hoddle, isn't there? With the, oh, you exactly. know, the, the England squad, you know. What do you mean you can't put it in the top corner for four? yards and stuff yeah. like that now actually that's one thing that's that actually it said that he didn't do that he was just better than them and the players were asking why he was playing yeah in and you know he, he comes from Ajax where I mean, I've been down to Ajax a couple of times you'll actually see Dennis Bergkamp like involved. playing and that's it well that's it you yeah. did it didn't he yeah. Loudrup did it at Swansea and you know at some of the better managers that we've had like when I played Wardle was down at Torquay and they'll get involved and you want them to get involved well I'm I'm, I'm, I'm obviously working with Jimmy Bullard at the moment and we've been talking a lot about um, not this week but this is in previous conversations so before this even happened that Roy Hodgson would get involved a lot in training yeah. to the point where I think once Paul Koncheski went gaffer mate you included me for like 40 and just walked off 40 minutes and included him in it because Roy Hodgson wanted to get included so it seems, yeah, it seems not, that they're going to yeah. be having another conversation if, next week if, I don't think it'd be better than him but Roy, Roy gets involved in the training but if he's not, yeah but if he's not aware of that if he squads and that's the thing as well isn't it Sam if, if you're not aware of the, kind of how you're seen within the dressing room that's a massive issue well I, I think it struck me when I saw De Boer after the Huddersfield game um he didn't look the most inspirational figure. And while the younger players probably would have been impressed that he played for Barcelona a hundred times for, for, for the Netherlands and so on, he didn't look like he could, as has been pr- proven, extract the best from them. Yeah. Um, I think I think the big problem, I don't know if it's been discussed much, really, if you talk about Hodgson coming in, um, you've got, he, he, he I've, in my opinion, overlooked Zaha for England and to the fact that he pushed him into the Ivory Coast's arms mm. and then of course maybe he's forgiven it but the Andrus Townsend space monkey yeah. problem um, and they've appointed him and you're thinking yeah, there's, yeah. there's two weeping sores there yeah. you know and that's well, it's not a bridge to go to where, you know that, that's his dressing room those are the guys he's dealing with it's a, it's a very yeah. very awkward situation with the Townsend thing mm. I think it was I think he said hasn't he that he would have selected Townsend for the World Cup in 2014 if he could but he did have an injury mm. and that was in I think that's about sort of November 2013, around the time. Remember, Townsend was brilliant for England, just a couple of games against was, Poland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think that's one that could be... I think Zaha, who has a reputation in the game, that mm. might be a little more difficult. And Zaha, of course, wanted to leap, so yeah. that's tough. You know, he's going to come back. He's injured at the moment. Yeah, that'd be interesting. He's going to, back to come back to a team that might have lost six games I mean, in I think rent. you talk about, you know, luck for managers, and we talk about Scott Dan's header and this chance. I mean, the fact that Wilfred Zaha, Crystal Palace's best player has been out since Huddersfield missed the last three games. Mm. There's no 
there's no coincidence. Yeah, three. I mean, Absolutely. you know, so De Burby, like, hang on, at three out of four games, I didn't have our, our best players. So but as you say, maybe he's not getting that across. He's not getting his point across well enough uh, uh, to the media, but also maybe internally to Parrish because Parrish is a very strong character and, and he likes to work with strong characters. Well, the, the other thing about Palace, I went down the other week and... One of the things that I've noted about Palace is the amount of ex-players that you get around the Palace <laughs> training ground. Yeah, it's sort of like, really? hang on, that's, uh, there's Mark Bryant. There's, there, so yes, yeah, and it's been... like, I recognise him. You know, and yeah. Like, OK, I mean, actually, De Boer had that at Ajax, you know, as I said, you know, you, you mm. go up there and there's like Mark, Mark Overmars watching and stuff like that. That's a slightly different thing. So it, 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 yeah. I, I, it's difficult. It, no, I think to, you're to, right. There is a, is a code, I mean, a lot of, Clubs have it, but there is a cosy um, sort of atmosphere. That they're, they're, I don't know if it's for the best. They did have John Solarco mm. as a coach, yes, which, right, yep. which they under Alan Pardew, which they got rid of. Uh, Mark Bright is the sort of he's, he seems to be Steve Parrish's driver or something. Yeah. But I think that the strange appointment that's gone sort of under the radar is uh, Doogie Friedman yeah. as sporting director. Again, another Palace who's got no uh, old boy who's got no experience of the Premier League whatsoever. Didn't do particularly well at Forest. No. Or Bolton, so well is it Palace? But you know. he did well at Palace, but but yeah, but then went for supposedly bigger, better things and didn't quite work out. So he's a yeah. sort of, you know, I mean, I, you know, reluctant to say, but you know, a failed Championship manager who's now coming to be a, a, a Premier League sporting director. Yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, and and it, it was said that um, Parish and uh, Doogie Freeman sat down with De Boer and you know read him the right act and said, how are we going to get out of this? And I think. That's the problem. De Burr would have probably looked at Doogie Friedman and thought, well, who, who yeah, the hell is that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that, those, are, those are always the... the Parrish is his boss, but... You know. Yeah, the relationships and the dynamics between players that have achieved the best and played with some of the best. I mean, mm. that's, a, that's a major also thing to overcome. at the same time, yeah. Like, if, you, if, you go, if, if, if Sam Allardyce was still in charge and they'd lost the same amount of games, would Sam have been sacked? And would have that mm. same right act have been... Well, yeah, we'll we, talk, we wouldn't well, dare for start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect point. Bring us on to Eddie Howe. So, say Eddie Howe's in that situation yeah, now. He's, well, he's under a lot of pressure, but he's he's earned good grace. But has it got to the point where can he take Bournemouth to the next level? Or is it a case of, again, injuries? He has been blighted by injuries there, or is it just like they need fresh enough? But I, I think with anything, it's like, I don't know, there's, there's only a, a pool of managers that can take certain teams to the next level. I think you, you, you do have top. You know your top six managers. You have middle of the league managers, and then you've got your relegation scrap managers. And Sam Allardyce was very much in that in that in that last bracket. And with Eddie Howe, I mean Eddie Howe has taken them from on the verge of going into the conference. I mean against yeah. you know That's it. yeah I played against him in the Carlin Cup and the now we beat him on penalties when he was involved at <laughs> in the club. And, and then that was that doesn't that was twenty twelve. Like and he, he's been there. He's been there. I think it's his, his second yeah. or third stint. I think there was a bit of an announce. I mean, it will be harder for them to get rid of him because yeah. of what what he's done. But what is the next? You know, fathomably take away Leicester, the, the Leicester dream that happened. Where where do Bournemouth finish? I mean, because it's not like they've got the biggest pot of money in the world. They brought in some decent players this year, in you know Bagovic and and Defoe, but you. 
and I, oh, no, hopefully, get, but I, they can't become looking to get into Champions League. But where, you know, where is good enough for for Bournemouth? Yeah. Yeah. Good point, though. But surely those managers they must be able to aspire beyond the bracket. That, oh, of course, that yeah, absolutely. But I think, I mean, you say Bournemouth the next level. The thing that struck me immediately was like, well, this is their level. In fact, yeah. they're at they're higher than their level. Yeah, they're overachieving. They're overachieving, and they should in, 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 enjoy that as much as as possible. You know, and that's just, no disrespect mm, to Bournemouth. No, no, I mean, I go no. look, look. You know, it's, it, it's not. It's taken a lot of time to get yeah. there. And then, you know, the Leicester thing was an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> it was an outlier. It was a skewer. It happened yeah. and it was but amazing. Le- Leicester is a far bigger club than Bournemouth as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, actually, the thing is, the thing is about Bournemouth, like, Eddie Howe can pretty much do what he wants. He's almost like the Arsene Wenger of, of yeah. Bournemouth. I mean, if you, go, if you go to Bournemouth, it is about Eddie Howe. Yeah. Now, he pretty much dictates everything there in, in in an old style way that you'd get with Alex Ferguson and and Arsene Wenger. You know, the back to the seventies manager Shankly, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's that arrangement. Obviously, there's the Russian guy that owns the club, and then there's him, and there's a few sort of directors floating around. But it's Eddie Howe. I mean, Bournemouth are building a new ground, aren't they? The, the green across the. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't named after Eddie Howe. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, he has <laughs> actually stand. built that club, you know, yeah. or a stand, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, it is a monument to him, the fact that he's got, they've got there. Yeah. The problem is <laughs> that there is a sort of relic element to it because there are so many players there that came through the divisions, players that have played, you know, uh, League One or whatever, yeah. even against Martin absolutely. Gritton. Absolutely, and, and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and they... It's the benchmark tonight. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> if you've seen me or played against me, you've got issues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then they, they, you know, and, and then it's it's replacing those players. And yeah. some of them picked up injuries. A few of them have been given new contracts and stuff like that. And it's developing new players. Like Jermaine Defoe hasn't worked out. Begovic perhaps hasn't worked yeah. out so far. Both of those are quality players. We know that. But then there's other signings that they've bought, you know, Jordan Ibe and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Josh King has only started to be a good player in the last year or so, yeah. and it maybe takes a bit of bit of a, <clears throat> a bit of time with Eddie Howard to get there. But how long does he get? Well, yeah, well, and as the, as the owner, more mm. pragmatic, you know. How- I think so, and I think uh, I think he will get a bit more. Uh, I guess. If you, I don't if you, think there's any question he's going to even if they got relegated and finished bottom. I think Eddie Howe's yeah. done the job. Well, that's yeah. yeah, that's fundamentally the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I think, think so. Because yeah. it's like, apart from bringing in Big Sam, who do you bring in <laughs> to kind of like save a team that are second or third bottom? I think I think it's like a you know if you if you get married to someone, the, the divorces are more likely to happen in the first two or three years of a marriage. I mean, if you've been together for ten years, mm. it's going to well, take they, a little they did bit get longer. Divorced, actually, because he went to Burnley. Well, he did, yeah, and then he <laughs> got remarried again, and I presume they had therapy, <laughs> and it cost quite a lot of money. <laughs> well, guidance, yeah, yeah, yeah well, well, all that. But you know, interestingly, Harry Redknapp has always probably coveted that job and, and could walk. Oh man, yeah, considering, yeah, considering, walk to work, considering he's a man that gets a, a car, to every, he probably still gets a car to Birmingham, and I wouldn't imagine he's going to be there too much longer. So judging it's, by it's last night, shorter drive for Kevin. Bond, yeah. <laughs> well, this is it, you know. He just looks after his boys, but no, I think that would be it's one of those ones where the, you know the massive transition is almost like Hodgson coming in for the board, it's such as a jarring. I think if you, if you turn it around a bit, with Eddie Howe might think if things go badly that he might have missed his opportunity because 18 months ago or so, people were talking about how he might replace Arsene Wenger. I mean, last season they played Bournemouth, I mean, they played him last weekend, but. That was a game trailed. If I, I trailed it as such, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was desperate for material that week. Uh, you know, um, if you know, this is the guy because Wilshire was loaned there. They have a good relationship. Him that he might replace Wenger, mm. but that would not be on the on the. Uh, but there's even I've heard this week, last week, 
there's still talk of it. There's still you know people saying he's being eyed up for the for the Arsenal job. And even even though they are where they are, and I so can't we, wait for Arsenal fan TV if that happens. <laughs> well, it's, listen, Actually, I think he might do a good job, but I'm not sure. Yes, we'll, we'll park those guys in, and let's come back after the break, and we'll talk about uh, some of the other scores that were flying around at the weekend. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Okay, welcome back. Uh, some of the scores we had, uh, particularly um, the game at the Etihad, uh, I mean, we don't want to go and dwell too much about uh, the Manny Challenge, but it probably has to come up. But what, what position has that left Klopp in? Because obviously he is a, as a manager that has had to deal with certain things out of his control and he's a very controlling man. So, uh, you know, that's teed him up. I mean, we've got Sevilla tonight. So after this podcast, I'm sure there'll be another result for us to dwell on. But after that game at the Etihad, how, how do you think things are lying from Sam? Well, I think, I mean, the Mane challenge was probably a... a, a I know it changed the game, of course, but it, it, it that's what everybody was talking about after the game, not how they imploded really you know i mean to lose 5-0 and also and also 10 men you know that can that can spur teams on teams are harder sometimes to play against when they've got 10 men or should be you should be yeah. absolutely and yet the way they absolutely just went down like that I think that was the biggest concern, and he kind of got away with it because all the talk was about the Mane challenge. If I was a Liverpool fan, I would—that's uh, what would uh, would concern me. Yeah, no, we definitely. And, and John, did you? Well, they've conceded eight goals in two away games. That's yeah. a concern. The other thing with ten men, can you play the you know heavy metal pressing game with ten men? Well, the evidence suggests not. Uh, two of the three of the goals were just straight through the gate, straight through the middle of the defence. Mm. Um, you know, you know uh, Jurgen Klopp is Mr Zany, yeah. but it's all this sort of idea of, you know, it's a crazy plan, but it might just work. Well, <laughs> when it doesn't work, it can look bad like that. And yeah. stuff like that did happen to Dortmund a bit towards the end of his reign. What a few you, alarm bells. What do you think in terms of the, the defensive issue? You talk about going straight through the gate. I mean, that seems such an alarmingly easy goal for them to score with strikers of that ability yeah, for Man City. Do that, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, um, so is it is it more a, a case that it's a... It brings a focus on the fact that he didn't bring in someone during the transfer market, you know, the window, because uh, that was obviously Van Dyke was the key guy. But surely there's other options for him there. And, you know, is it just that he hasn't settled on his defence yet? Well, the, the policy was, which went completely against the previous policy, which is, you know, you have a list of transfers and you go down the list and you get the player you, you want. This time they set their heart on one player, didn't get him. OK, we'll make do amend. Now, Clavan versus... Uh, Van Dyke, well, yeah. there's no contest. So you know, mm. I mean, th- there's a player that he picked up. It's a cl- he, he's the type of deal that Liverpool have always associated them where they buy a player. Hey, it might just work out. It's a cheap deal. It usually doesn't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got a personnel problem. It's come back to that, hasn't it? It's come right. back to that same sort of that sort of transfer policy that that Liverpool have have kind of had over the last few years, certainly, you know, bringing in players that you don't necessarily know if they're the finished yeah, article. And, 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 just, I mean, they were going to sign Cater and they got him for next year. Great. But they need him this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone's like, oh, that's a great piece of business. And But it doesn't work if, you you know, managers need to succeed now. They're judged immediately. Even Eddie Howe and yeah. Arsene Wenger need to succeed it's, now. It's, Jürgen Klopp certainly yeah, does. It's interesting how you go, oh, we've got a player for next season. It's like that... I mean, we've got a manager under pressure as we speak. Yes. I mean, how, 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 I don't even get how that bit of business is, is able mm. to 
happen. Well, the last one was Origi, wasn't it? And, yeah. you know, I think Origi probably didn't do as well as he expected. It no, wasn't as no, bad. There was a certain point when he was doing okay, he got an ankle injury, but yeah. you really, the play might not work out, but to, to, to sort of put it aside for a season well, doesn't work for I me. mean, in, in terms of his squad management as well, Lloyd, uh, you've worked with quite a few goalkeepers uh, and it is yeah. a position that you would classify yourself as. Definitely. A, a world-class keeper. So um, professional. If uh, the situation that's arised there, so he's, he's basically dropping Bignolet tonight essentially uh, but or he says he's rotating the squad in terms of confidence for that position or that's that can be re- uh, have a real impact on on the rest of the season or certainly have him looking over his shoulder well the last time he dropped him which is what i think we, we can have two weeks ago where he said uh this is the position he wants to be and he wants to be able to have three or four world-class mm-hmm. keepers in the team and he said obviously Mignolet is not happy about that and rightly so if you're a goalkeeper and you've worn the number one jersey whatever jersey wears for the whole of last season, you are going to be miffed if you're not getting in. And he said that he won the race in pre-season to be the first choice mm. keeper. But obviously, he's not happy with that. He's, yeah. he's clearly not happy. Personally, I think I don't think Mignolet is as good as other um, Premier League keepers in the same bracket of you know top five to seven. Yeah. I think there's a lot of other keepers out there that, that definitely could start above him. Um, psychologically, don't know what's going to, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll be able to see in the next few weeks, few months as to how Mignolet reacts to that. But he has got a decent squad. Um, he's using, um, oh, crikey, what's the second choice keeper's name? There was a, there was a quote about Carriers. him. Carriers. Carriers, yeah. There was a quote about him today that actually said, uh, sorry to cut across you, but Klopp said that um, you're not going to get goalkeepers that can still catch a bit that are 33, that have played at the top level, that don't want to play. He says it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and know. that's his quote going into this game. But then choosing Carrius over Mignolet in that situation, it's like, yeah. well, you know, it, I don't know if it's, it's sending the right message, or certainly to his number one, but it, it means it's either up for grabs or he wants to bring Carrius in. Sam, I don't, I, you've probably seen that. I, I mean, bringing it back to United, because we'll, we'll, I want to move on to Man United in a minute, but De Gea, when he first went in, uh, you know, when he first started and the doubt that was kind of perhaps put in his direction by not just the press, but by everyone else, because it's such big shoes to fill at that. that. Yeah, well, I mean, he was, he, he was, I mean, uh, certainly uh, come come good. But I mean, yeah, almost in the, the Community Shield, the first game against City, let in a, in a couple of goals. And there's, you know, goalkeepers are just not allowed to make mistakes. So then as soon as he made a few mistakes, it was like, oh, you know. Uh, but but I mean he's he's come good over over again. You're talking about rotating goalkeepers. I mean United did that last year with Romero and, yeah. and Europa League, and that it and it sort really. of it surprisingly worked yeah. really. Um, but that's a winning team when the trophies are being handed out. You're, yeah. you, you 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 stand for that. You take but any there was, games, the, there was the point where De Gea there was the uncertainty as to whether he was going to go to Real Madrid or mm. not, and he wasn't chosen then, was he? Like, no, they. they, they, they you know, they brought oh, in we, which we, was a few years back. We, now. Yeah, with Van Gaal, that's yeah. right. So, the start of the yeah. Uh, so he'd brought in fifteen, um, sixteen season. Brought in the other, the other two lads. Even Sam Johnston was kind of like getting a sniff mm. in at, at, at that point. That's right. Um, I mean, yeah, and uh, amongst a lot of mismanagement, that was actually probably well handled by yeah. Van Gaal. It's like if you're not committed, you're not going to get on the pitch. Yeah. Well, there was that point, wasn't it? In his first season, it was at Spurs where he made an error. Spurs equalised in the last minute. It was clearly Dempsey scored the goal, and I think that was the Gary Neville Monday Night Football 
you know, get destroyed the goalkeeper type of thing. I, th- I think Sam made a good point there, which is goalkeepers are never... Once you make a few mistakes in your first game, you're forever a dodgy That's keeper. It. Yeah. And it's very difficult to turn that around. Now, some people can't turn it around. If you continue making mistakes like Claudio Bravo did, mm. or you know, Mignolet did for such a long time yeah, at Liverpool, before being re- really quite good last season, yeah. it's difficult. But, you know... Uh, I think Liverpool do have a problem. I'm not. I, I can't remember the, the guy's name that played at Dortmund. But I was never convinced by him yeah. as a goalkeeper for for Dortmund. Some managers just aren't good at goalkeepers. I mean, Alex Ferguson pretty much admitted that, didn't he? That he got, you know, he got Schmeichel. He got one very good. He got Van der Sar. <laughs> yeah. In between that, yeah. Oh, there was yeah, Roy Carroll, Taibbi, Tim Van Howard. Howard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, Jim Layton before that, you know. Don't slag off Jim Layton. Well, listen, I, I mean, it's funny that we're talking about the Champions League and we're, we're talking about them games to throw away, to, to give players, to almost give them experience or to offer them as if they're kind of midweek sort of League Cup matches. So again, we spoke about this briefly before we came on and just that the, the kind of energy and the, and the excitement around Champions League night as Man United's first game back for a considerable amount of time, it's not... It's not quite the kind of excitement that you associate with Champions League matches for Man United, anyway. No, no, absolutely. I mean, but I think this has been a problem for the Champions League for some time. Really, the group games are a bit wallpaper. I mean, yeah. you know, because the last night proved it. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, you can lose two, maybe three games, and still in, and still qualify. You know, there was a bit of hype, but behind United going back into it, and obviously, as a United fan, it's better to be there than 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 not. But um, yeah, I mean, Basel is a nice, a nice, easy start. Three 0 win. I, you know, the excitement with the tournament really kicks in with the with the knockout stages. Yep. But uh, no, it's good to be there. And Jose and Jose had already almost already put himself in a position of saying that they are not one of the front runners. You know, just in, in terms of his quotes from last night's matches. Yeah, so poor little Man United. I know, <laughs> I know. But well, he's just, great at doing that, though, isn't he? Absolutely. You know I mean? oh, what you'll do is you'll psychological. The, you'll see the story change over the period of the season, like he did last. You know, we're not we're not bothered about the Europa League. You know what I mean? We're giving a little bit of attention to the Europa League. Europa League is something we might be interested in. We're absolutely focused on winning the Europa League. Uh, Is yeah. that all? And then I was right to focus on the. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I mean, I I was a. I mean, he sort of explained that decision, didn't he, last week? And I thought he he said winning is everything. You know. Yeah. Winning is everything. Of course. We, we, you know, we won the semi-finals. We won the final. We got to lift a trophy, and get into the Champions League. Now I could have prioritised getting in the top four, but it would have been a bit limp. Oh, we're in the top four. Okay, we're back in the Champions yeah. League. He said winning is everything to players, and we kept winning, and so we've come in with a bit of momentum. Yeah. And at, at the time, I was like, "Hang on, it's too risky. It's just a final. You don't know who you're going to get. You can yeah. have a bad day in the final. It's better to go for the top four." But he was it proven right, really. Yeah, I just, just pulling his quotes from last night. See, he says. In February, when us English English teams are trying to survive after the winter period, they're fresh and ready. He's referring to Bayern and Real Madrid. Uh, for them, this is just the warm-up. We're in the second level, and that level is let's qualify, let's get points for the knockout phase. And if we do that, let's enjoy playing against the big guys. That's what his quote was last night, which sounds like, as you say, complete psychological. Yeah, it's completely psychological. It's like, look, you know, if we do well, we do well, but we're just little old Man United. <laughs> you're, you're the largest club in the as world. As English teams as well. I love the way that but he's I think just adopted he's that. He's able to do that though because of the, um, I'm obviously aware that we've got a lot of United fans in the room, but the, there has been the, the downfall, you know, United aren't seen and they're like they were done 
seven years ago where it was like it was United or nothing and like now there was a tweet last night that I can't remember who did it I'm sure I'm not going to get balled out for it but <laughs> the last time Man United played in the Champions League they took off Juan Mata and placed him with Nick Powell Nick Powell that's <laughs> and right it was like, that was the last Nick time they, you know and you kind of look there was, yeah. there was a really dark but that, I mean don't think that sort of Van Hal madness though <laughs> but, it was, I mean, but there, was, there was a good three years of madness at Man United where, oh yeah yeah absolutely and I, I, I don't think it's necessarily at an end you know no. I mean Mourinho won two trophies last season fair enough uh, three but, Whatever. <laughs> 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 he did. He won two trophies last season, and you know it, it, it's it, it's not an end. I mean, you know, they started the season well, but problems at Stoke. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's not. They're not back just yet. Well, let's well, talk about. Well, let's talk on. about this weekend, just because we're on Man United at the time, and I want I want to come back to a couple of the other matches, but it's it's a big one this weekend because it's Rooney's return. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sam, will you be watching? Are you, are you going? I will wait. No, yeah. I won't be there, but I'll be watching. Yeah, it's funny. Rooney's returning only left what a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and he's and well, well he's, he's still back. he's still hanging out around the area though. That, I, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe so. <laughs> Someone get him get him an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and, and how do you think he will be received by the fans? I think well, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I think they're, they're a lot more because he's no longer there in a way. Um, yeah, I think he'll be received well. Why wouldn't it be? It'd be churlish course, otherwise. Absolutely, you know, the leading scorer of all time. And you have to say that up to a point because at the same time he is a legend. Yeah, club. yeah. Had it, been, I, I, had it been six years ago when he tra- or seven years ago when he handed that transfer ooh, request yeah. in? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then he'd gone to Liverpool or whoever, yeah. and then well, he wouldn't have gone to Liverpool, but gone to a if rival gone to City. City. He wanted to go to City. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. he, he he wouldn't got a warm reception. Oh no, now, no. But because he's kind of like. He's but, done. He's done his but job. Also, he's done his time. At, at that time, you know, were, were the two transfers in 2010 and 2013. United didn't want to lose him. Yeah. They're quite happy. They were quite. They were pushing him out the door this time. I always thought. I always felt. I don't know whether it's modern football. I always felt that uh, Wayne Rooney, the transfer request. I can under, understand the resentment to that. But you know, there, there, there's a there's a statue out the the front of Old Trafford, and two out of the three of those players. Uh, George Best and Dennis Absolutely. Law. Yeah. Dennis Law handed in transfer yeah. request, and George Best walked out of the club when he was, you know, twenty-seven. Exactly. Exactly. So oh. I always felt <laughs> what if he a bit. Scores though. What if what if Wayne Rooney scores? He won't John, celebrate. John, what, oh. How did that go down? Yeah. <laughs> what you saw me play against Everton as well, actually. I yeah, did yeah, see you yeah, play yeah, against. Keep bringing this back to me. David Moyes, Everton. Yeah. David Moyes, Fellaini. I tell you, it was quite a. It was quite a day at the Moss Who were you playing for? I was playing for Macclesfield. In the FA Cup yeah. with um, Peeper, Peeper, Wacking. Oh no! Yeah, well, he wasn't at the club. I, uh, yeah, I think he may have been at the club, but yeah, he, he didn't suit uh, the long ball. Of, yeah, uh, of course, yeah. anyway, <laughs> sorry. Back. To- yeah, Debbie Moyes wore a very shiny pair of shoes on the Moss Road mm. sidelines. I don't remember about that game. Yep. It was freezing. I'm glad that's who you remember. It wasn't the action, <laughs> was it? Well, I saw a picture of the game recently, and you were playing in it, and I thought I'd forgotten Martin was playing. <laughs> anyway, is that we've come back? That's the recurring theme. I think, <laughs> But, yeah, um, yeah, but it, if Rooney scores, well, you know, uh, old, uh, it's it's such a common thing, isn't it, where that, that happens? Um, I think I think there's a difference. Manchester United fans on the internet versus those that go to the to the ground. He will get applauded by the fans at the ground yep. because that's what United fans do, really. I mean, yep. I've seen people like. You know, Kieran Richardson get a round of applause and stuff like that. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Rooney probably wow. deserves. Is that the bar? Is Slam. it? Is that the bar? Yeah. <laughs> is that Sunderland? Well, he went to Sunderland. Was it? Uh, Richardson played for about five clubs. Yeah. He went to West Brom, didn't he? With uh, 
Anyway. Quite, well, we'll see. The proof yeah. will be in but, the But I, uh, I, I the, think... The also, if Rooney does score, then we're waiting for the non-celebration. Oh, I hate those. Oh, that, I, yeah, that, and hate do you know what? I'd like him to have oh, a yeah. little They're so pious. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they've, you know, not been that, you know, they've been at a club for two months or something. Worst one was when, was it Joe Cole scored for, was it Liverpool? Mm. Against West Ham. And, um, and, and you know, it, it barely played for Liverpool <laughs> yeah, yeah. being injured. And they were like, you owe oh, us no. a celebration. Well, there was one, we played, Grimsby played Derby. No, Grimsby played Bolton. In the FA Cup last season, we got knocked out one nil, and we didn't. We, we, we they scored, and it was like, ah, oh, they've scored, bugger. We had a great second half. Anyway, there was a few paper reports. The lad that scored was like, look, I didn't want to, uh, didn't want to celebrate against uh, my old club. And every, every single Grimsby fan was like, you played for us, like we're picking up Wikipedia, and we had him on loan for like three games. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I know. absolutely one. blessing though to, to still have that in his heart and go. Do you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'll admit it. Your name, I'll admit it. That's one of the only. When I left Grimsby, I scored for Macclesfield at Grimsby, and I did the whole kind of. I didn't do the non-celebration, but the subdued one. And there's a brilliant Grimsby uh, website, Cod Almighty. Cod Almighty do like a review of the matches, and he said, "Did Martin Gritton show respect after scoring against Grimsby, or was he just too?" Fat and lazy, and put his arm up and run. <laughs> they said that in an endearing way because I'd they, like to think they were so, big fans of yours, yeah, mate. No, big fans. That, and also, it was true. a Tuesday night, and so you wanted to go out on the town <laughs> and not get beaten up. Well, right? Let's let's move on from that. So, uh, like, we got just last bit about the matches this week because we, uh, it was a really interesting thing about Cologne saying that um, they're playing against Arsenal. Yes, and, uh, that's and right. how Arsenal might be viewing the Europa League and how Cologne might be viewing well, it. Yeah, they're, they're viewing it so. Uh, um, with, with such a dis, uh, distracted eye that it said that Jack Wilshire might even get a run out. Oof. So um, <laughs> that's as friendly. But, but, but in Cologne, in Cologne, yeah. Cologne uh, big club in Germany in the seventies and eighties, fallen hard times. Really only known for having Lucas Podolski over the last few mm. years. Mm. They, they are absolutely mad for this game. Mm. Like Ten thousand come over. I'm told. Uh, by Sam actually before. Yes, um, Sam, yeah. yes. <laughs> uh, to fill a three thousand, you know, away fans. Um, they're really, you know, they're really, really excited. Glad to be back in Europe and playing yeah. at Arsenal is a big deal for them, which just shows the magic of the Europa League that probably we don't appreciate in England. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, Sam, and perhaps you appreciated it more than most of us uh, last year. Last but. year, it was the missing, the missing piece of the puzzle, the only trophy United had, had ever won. So, Are you doing yeah. a book about yeah. that? No, not yet. So, I don't think there'll be many buyers for that. the glorious <laughs> season. Well, listen, guys, thanks a lot for uh, joining us today. Um, uh, We'll be back for more Whistleblowers next week. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.